Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hello, welcome to another episode of Frontier Missions Journal, brought to you by Adventist Frontier Missions. AFM missionaries spread the love of Jesus Christ and the hope of salvation to many people around the globe, establishing church planting movements that continue long after the missionary leaves. Because they often work in remote locations, they don't necessarily have the professional equipment needed to make high-quality recordings. So, while we strive to give you the best quality sound possible, we value the authenticity of the missionary's voice even more. So you may notice a little background noise or some distortion, but it's part of capturing the mission stories directly from their source. Thank you for your gracious spirit. Today's stories are a mix of several brief sketches about people for whom our missionary is praying. He entreats your prayers for these people as well. Ali and Nina Nassar are missionaries serving the Turkish people. On this project, Nina uses her organizational skills in the office, and Ali uses his skills in graphic design and video, and to some extent his previous training in physical therapy and the health message, to reach the hearts and minds of the people. A missionary often discovers that he learns just as much or more than those he teaches. The Nassers recently set aside some time to review some of these lessons. Ali calls this experience Reflections. It's been three years since, since my, my wife, wife and I embarked, embarked on this adventure of living and ministering in Turkey. I've had the opportunity to experience many things, and I've grown in many ways. As I reflect on some of the things I've learned, I'd like to share them with you. Number one, I could face anything with God, even death. Living overseas as a foreigner involves a lot of hard work, sweat, and tears. I've experienced hard things, like seeing two of my unborn children die. I've had to surmount obstacles and fears. Life is hard, but God is faithful. Number two, God will use me. Often I feel overwhelmed at the task that needs to be done here in Turkey. The path ahead is so treacherous and narrow, yet God beckons me forward despite my lack of skill, competency, and training. Number three, God is bigger than my finances. Sometimes I've had to make sacrifices so my children could eat well. Sometimes I've calculated my monthly budget and the numbers don't add up. Yet God faithfully provides for us. Number four, God will finish this work, not me. All human expertise, knowledge, methodology, and programs can never finish this work of sharing the gospel. Only God can complete this work. I am just an instrument in His hands. Number five, my opinion is important. I have learned not to be afraid to state my mind even when it is different from those of others. God has given me a mind to think creatively, 
and sometimes others need to hear what I have to say. Number six, I have talents that must be used to bring honor to God. God has created me with gifts that I'm obligated to develop and use. There may be someone else who is more gifted and talented than I, but God calls me to faithfully do my part. Number seven, eat healthful foods. If I don't purposefully do this, then I will make poor food choices and feel terrible. I perform better when I am healthy. Number eight, regular exercise is good for my body and mind. Going out two or three times a week for a short jog helps me cope with stress and think more clearly. Number nine, pray every day with my wife. This is not just during family worship or my own personal time with the Lord. This is a time devoted to praying together and going to God with our joys, desires, needs, and concerns every day. Number 10, first God, then family, then mission. I've seen good families with good intentions lose their children to darkness as a result of making their mission more important than their children. On behalf of the Turkish people and my family, thank you for your prayers and financial support. You make a difference. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Those are certainly valuable lessons that all of us could use and put to use in our lives. Our second story today is written by Nina Nassar, but narrated by Ali. It's titled, Esther. My phone buzzed as the message arrived from Esther. I've been texting her to see if we could get together to study the Bible, but she always has excuses whenever I bring up the subject. Esther is a baptized Seventh-day Adventist, but she has many unanswered questions about God, about life, about sin, and the battle between good and evil. I've gotten together with her a few times socially, but my goal has always been to befriend her and strengthen her love for Jesus. It hasn't been easy because Esther has struggled with her physical and mental health. Ever since leaving Iran, she has experienced the death of loved ones, experienced loneliness, depression, and culture shock. It's been very hard for her and her husband Mordecai. At times, she has wanted to leave him. About two years ago, they left Iran and sought asylum from religious persecution. They will never be able to return. They are now refugees awaiting the decision of the United Nations for their final placement. Currently, Mordecai and Esther are translating materials such as the Sabbath School Lesson Quarterly, The Great Controversy, and Acts of the Apostles into Farsi to reach the Iranian population. There are very few Adventist resources in Farsi. English isn't their primary language, so it can take hours to translate a few paragraphs. However, they continue to press forward despite the challenges. I picked up my phone and read the message. Esther said she was coming over for a Bible study. I was overjoyed. That morning, as we sat together in our home, we talked about Esther's life, her desires and ambitions, her struggles and disappointments. Reading between the lines, I could sense her pain. Her choice to follow Jesus means separation from her family, which causes her great anxiety. It has been a hard road. We opened the Bible together to see what God has to say about our struggles. Then we closed our time with prayer. I'm not a Bible expert, but we are learning together. 
I have a deep desire that her relationship with Jesus will grow and her heartaches will one day be turned to joy. Esther and I are now meeting on a weekly basis for Bible studies. Please pray that she will allow the Spirit of God to work mightily upon her heart and that she will have a deep sense of peace amid her storms of life. Ali relates his next story about two Turkish friends to whom he gives physical therapy treatments to relieve multiple sclerosis and meniscus problems. This sketch is titled, Onur and Alp. Why don't you come to the mosque and join us? Well, people might think it's strange if I go to the mosque and don't do the prayers, I answered. This has come up several times in my conversation with Onur and Alp over the last few months. My friendship with Onur started as a result of his need for physical therapy. Onur is 39 years old, married, and has a daughter. For about five years, he has been afflicted with multiple sclerosis. He also displays some symptoms of stroke with severe left-sided weakness. He heard about me through a mutual friend, and I began giving him therapy. Onur's friend, Alp, has meniscus problems, so he joined our therapy sessions too. So now, I find myself using my physical therapy skills to develop friendships with Turkish Muslims. In the course of our treatments, we talk about many subjects, including politics, sports, Turkish culture, and religion. As my friendship with these two men has deepened, I've started asking them questions about things I've observed in their culture. For example, why do people say Allahu Akbar when something bad is happening? Or why do they say Allah razı olsun? Usually they answer, I don't know, I've never thought of that before. Another time they asked me if I drink wine. I told them I don't drink alcohol. It was during one of these conversations that Alp first started inviting me to go with him to the local mosque during their Friday prayer time. Please pray for my friendships with Onur and Alp. I am eager to see where God will lead these friendships, and I am watching for more opportunities to share my love for Jesus. The Nasser's final story reveals the faithfulness of God in all situations, even if we don't see it at the time. He calls this story, He is Faithful. It's interesting to see how God works things out. It's not always as we expect, but He is faithful. I pulled our van up to a gas station that advertised a good price. On furlough this summer, I have been keeping a close eye on our spending. Filling our minivan's gas tank can cost as much as $50, so I'm always on the lookout for cheap gas. As I started to pump, I heard a woman behind me call out, Do you have a dollar so I can buy gas for my car? At first I ignored the voice. Sir, excuse me, she persisted. Do you have some money you can give me for gas? I turned around and looked at her. She was probably in her mid-forties, and she had a look of desperation. Sir, my debit card isn't working. Can you help me? I'm trying to go and see my son. Let me see if I can get your card to work, I offered, walking around the pumps to her old Toyota. What does your son do? I asked as I ran her card through the reader. Oh, he's a courier for the UPS, she rambled on as I wondered what to do. Her debit card wasn't working and I didn't have any small bills to give her. I quickly sent up a prayer for wisdom. Then suddenly, I knew what I should do. 
I handed back her card and swiped my own card through the reader and began filling her tank. As she kept talking, the meter climbed. $5, $8, $10. Oh, thank you so much, sir, she exclaimed. That's plenty. But I kept filling. $20, $30, $40. The tank was finally full at $42. No one has ever given me this much before, she began to weep. Why did you give me so much? Because Jesus has given me so much, I replied. At this, she really began to cry, and I had to hold back my tears also. I gave her a hug. She just kept crying and saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Then I asked her if I could pray for her and her son, and she gladly accepted. As I drove away, I wasn't sure why God had guided me to spend $42 on a complete stranger. As I drove away, I wasn't sure why God had guided me to spend $42 on a complete stranger, but I thanked him for the opportunity. A few weeks later, as we were driving through Utah, I had forgotten all about the lady at the gas station. After spending a few enjoyable days with a friend in the Castle Valley area, we were driving away when my wife saw an envelope on our dashboard and asked me where it had come from. Someone must have put it there, I said. What's inside? $100 in gas cards, my wife explained. Suddenly, the memory of the lady at the gas station flooded back into my mind, and I hollered, God is good. A few weeks later, as we were driving through Utah, I had forgotten all about the lady at the gas station. After spending a few enjoyable days with a friend in the Castle Valley area, as I drove away, I wasn't sure why God had guided me to spend $42 on a complete stranger, but I thanked him for the opportunity. After spending a few enjoyable days with a friend in the Castle Valley area, we were driving away when my wife saw an envelope on our dashboard and asked where it had come from. I don't know, someone must have put it there, I said. What's inside? $100 in gas cards, my wife exclaimed. Suddenly, the memory of the lady at the gas station flooded back into my mind and I hollered, God is so good. And thank you to the person who gave us the gas cards. I don't know who it was. I gave the Lord $42 by giving gas to the woman in need, and He gave me back more than twice as much. Is He faithful? Does God provide for our needs? Yes, and His mercy endures forever.